remember trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's Hello again everybody and welcome back to Card Advantage I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me as always is our other faithful host, Rich Rich, how are things? Two more days Two, two more days, yes, I suppose. Well, by the time folks hear this, it will be no more days. There'll be hours. Uh, maybe, maybe even less than hours. I mean, this, this show should go up on Friday. Should. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how, how grading treats me. But still, it should go up on Friday, which means midnight showings will have already happened, right? Yeah, but that's, I'm not going to midnight showing. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not going to any, as we are, uh, alluding to here. Uh, we are recording here toward the end of December. It is, in fact, December 16th. This is episode number 105 of Card Advantage. And in less than two days, Star Wars The Force Awakens drops. And uh, I guess that's exciting. Lots of folks are talking about it. I'm doing my best to avoid social media right now because I don't want any spoilers. Oh, I have barely even watched trailers. Yeah, I stopped I, watching I, trailers. A while I want to go into it. Knowing it's about Star Wars and there's lightsabers. Yes. And that Harrison Ford's in it. That's it. That's all I need. I think there's the Force and somebody might wake up. I don't know. But that's just uh, based all I know on the is title. Target had a an exclusive um, pop bobblehead of Kylo Ren. I bought that. Uh-huh. And I, I don't even know if Kylo Ren's going to be cool or not. He looks kind of cool, but he also looks like a slight rip off of Darth Vader. But doesn't matter. Because I just want to go in there and enjoy it as knowing as little as possible. Yeah, I just hope that they're that it's good. You know, not like the prequels, which were not. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I don't. We gotta go in there. We gotta go in there with faith clues. Right. I mean, it's not gonna be Empire, but we still gotta go in there with faith. I find my lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> That's what I find. Uh, but no, I, oh, unfortunately, God. I will not be able to see it right away. Because what you may not know, Rich is that I am leaving on a trip at the end of the week. Like, the the day it releases, I'll be traveling, and I'm not going to be back for, like, a week. That sucks. Yeah. So, I will see it, but I'll be a week late, and then I'll see it. Well, I'll probably see it, and then see it a couple more times. Yeah. And then probably a couple more times. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then <clears throat> another time. Yeah, and maybe, maybe once more, just, just in case. Then three more after that. Yeah, I really look forward to reading some reviews of it after I watch it because right now I'm not I'm not reading any reviews. I'm not I'm not reading anything about it. I don't like you. I don't want to know till I see it. I know my wife was like, "Sure, oh, I heard on the radio that they were talking about they or something that where they ranked all the movies, including the seventh one." I'm like, I don't nope. know. Nope. She Just was stop. she was she was gracious enough to not. I said, "Am I checking against the bottom though?" Yeah, I was listening to NPR on my way home from work, and they started to talk about, like, the director or the screenwriter or something, and I'm just like, nope, turned it off. Don't care. I'll find out later. All right. There's an off-topic question. Yeah. Rank, rank, what's the, rank the Star Wars movies. Rank the Star Wars movies. Okay. Worst to best. Worst to best. Worst to best. Okay, so this is a little bit difficult for me, and I may have some uh, controversial picks, but you've got to understand the age I was when I saw certain of these, because I'm, I'm old enough that I actually saw some of these when they released. So uh, I think that Empire is probably the strongest 
of the films. So I know, I know I'm not, I'm going the wrong way. You, do you really want it worst to worst to best? You, you can do best to worst if you want. I was, I just always do worst to best. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's a little bit harder. Worst to best. Oh, you can do best to worst. Okay. We'll go best to worst. So, so empire is number one for me. Uh, number two for me, and this is, this is going to seem strange for me. It's Jedi, but I was old enough when Jedi released cause Jedi released in what? Uh, 83. 83, which meant that I was like seven. So I remember Jedi. I remember seeing it as a kid. It's the first of the films that I have real clear memories of seeing it when it happened. And so it holds a very special place in my heart. And I, I think it, you know, it tied up the original trilogy quite nicely. It gave a nice resolution to everything. I was young enough that I liked the Ewoks. You know, I still don't think there's anything intrinsically wrong with the Ewoks conceptually. Now their execution is a little off. I miss the original song that was at the end of the film, the Ewok celebration song. I found it charming. I really enjoyed it. No, no, no. Hey, I, I loved that song. I'm not there's saying... nothing wrong. I don't blame you. I don't. Bl- there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, now I it... don't think anything was wrong with any of the original versions at all. I don't yeah, think they it... ever should have touched them. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, once once they started mucking with them again, that's that's different. But anyway, so that's number one and number two. Number three, probably episode four. Uh, I mean, there, if you really look at it critically, some of the acting is not great, uh, but still it, it was so pioneering. It did so much. And we met all of these wonderful characters. And as long as you ignore some of the edits, they were uh, somewhat perfectly introduced and portrayed. I mean, when we first meet Han Solo, we learn everything we need to know about Han Solo in his interaction with Greedo, but then they had to go and screw that up. Uh, anyway. So that's one, two, and three. Number four for me, I guess, would have to be episode three. Uh, and then I guess episode two, and I guess I'll watch one if I have to, but only if I have to. Look, the prequels, they're, they're on such a different level than the original trilogy. It's hard to even put them in the same list is what I'll say. That's fair. The, the prequels are just soulless to me. How about you? My rating would be worst to best. Would one would be the worst, Phantom Menace. Sure. Revenge of the Sis would be second. Would be next, strictly okay. because I would have done that movie so differently. Yeah, who wouldn't? I would not have. Outside of how the crap they did, I would never have given away that who Vader was. Okay. I, I think to me that's appalling. That ruins one of the biggest. Pl- like if for the younger generation that watches it, episode one. To six, uh-huh. they got rid of one of the biggest plot twists ever. Sure. So that's to me. That's why three go, will be the second worst. So if if I could just pause you there for a minute, so would you have ended episode three with Anakin's ultimate fate unknown? So you want to hear you want to hear my theory on this? What yeah. I would have done. Yeah, okay. So this is what I would have done. One, this stems a little bit from two as well. A little change. So we have to, a little bit changes of two. First, we're gonna. And you might need to use your bleep on this. We're not going to make him a whiny. B- <laughs> Anakin is—that's not what he's going to be. He's going to have slight <laughs> anger issues, but it's not going to be directly there. It's going to be like very implied, very you kind of see the fl- you know a flash of anger, but then he calms himself. Sure, he's not going to annihilate a whole tribe of sand people. Yeah. he's not going to just lose it. That's not what he's going to do. He's going to be more or less a model Jedi. Well, I think the worst part, honestly, is when he goes from zero to slaughtering children in the span right. of like so, two minutes. That's so, just. And so, okay, so we'll get there. And so, yes, he has his 
So he still has his relationship with Padme, but it's not the, it's there and it's definitely romantic and we know it's romantic. Uh, but yeah, we only know it because they say it out loud because there was no chemistry between those two. Right. Well, that's what, remember, we're in my changes. Okay, we're, sure, sure. So it's, we know, it's like people don't know and it's very not in the open. We just know kind of thing. Like you don't see them make out, you don't see all that marriage and all that stuff, but you, you just kind of know. Yeah. And as the movie progresses, Anakin still has the relationship with the Emperor, but he does also become weary of him like the Jedi have. He's not solely following him. And and then but we do hear the Emperor keep referring to the Separatist armies about his apprentice. Right. He keeps saying his apprentice. We don't see his apprentice, but that's what we that's what we get to. And so we see um that we have the Mace Windu scene where they confront the Emperor and he wipes him out. Except Anakin's not there. Okay. So Anakin comes to confront him because he's like, he's the only one there. He knows he has to stop him now. And then he confronts the, the emperor and he says, and the emperor exp- yep, reveals who he is. And he says, now you're about to meet my true apprentice. And then all of a sudden you see Anakin draw, you know, his, you hear the lightsaber go and then the door closes. Mm-hmm. And then some of the war, like, I don't know the exact how ending, but the, the war stuff happens, you know, and then all of a sudden uh, Obi-Wan encounters Vader. Sure. And he realizes who Vader is. And he's not all masked up. He's he, you, you don't see his face, but he's not yet. Right. So he's he's not completely roboticized. Right. So, but we're going to have him like kind of like, like Kylo Ren. He's still wearing a mask. He's wearing a helmet, but doesn't need it to breathe. Mm-hmm. And so he's and the, he realizes who the, he is the apprentice and he doesn't go slaughter the children. That's what the stormtroopers and the emperors does it for. And then they fight and Obi-Wan messes him up on the, the volcano planet mm-hmm. where the emperor goes to save his apprentice. Still, the, all he learns is his apprentice's name is Darth Vader. And he says, what have you done with Anakin? I've foreseen you and Anakin. What have you done with them? And he just goes, I, I murdered him. Sure. And then and Obi-Wan, on his own fit of rage, swipes at him and he destroys his helmet. And he sees who he is as he falls into you know the lava or he falls down. Sure. And so Obi-Wan kind of just looks, you know, sad, wipes, his, you know, wipes tears from his eyes. As people assume, it's because his Anakin's, you know, he found the person who killed Anakin. Right. And then the, then you meet with, you know, the Senator Organa, Padme, who's going to, ru- you know, they're rushing her off with the Senator Organa to Alderaan. Yoda splits his own ways and Obi-Wan goes to... Wherever you could say, not even necessarily Tatooine, because we don't know there's a connection there yet. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, cause there's no Luke, there's no babies yet. There's no implication of pregnancy. There's no implication that there's children involved. It just they all they just leave. They separate ways to try to fight the Empire how they can. Sure. And that's how it ends. And it, well, it ends with then you see the real Vader. Because hmm. yeah, another problem with watching them in in. Uh... Episode order, not release order, but episode order is you, of course, find out about uh, Luke and Leia, like just right there. They just they just tell you in exactly. episode three. It's not like it's any kind of a reveal in uh, uh, in Jedi. So see, so we, what do you what do you think of my thought process? Yeah, it's interesting. I I, I think uh, parts of it are a little bit contrived, but no more. Way way less contrived than than the. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm not a movie writer, and I haven't you know prequels. have all details thought through. But those are the just that I would do to get around the horribleness that they did reveal all these spoilers. Yeah, and so, but but 
then back to my order. So that um, after that, then I would put Attack of the Clones would be the third worst to me, oh, okay. strictly because it's better than the other ones outside of the god awful running from Natalie Portman. God, Natalie. <laughs> I mean, it, it did have some. See, the second one had some commendable scenes: the Jedi's versus with the clones versus the droids. Uh huh. Um, it had the Yoda versus Dooku, which was not the worst scene in the in movie history. Yeah, but it was not the best. Let's no, be honest. I'm not saying it was the best. I'm sorry. I love Christopher Lee. Yeah, I me think too. He is a tremendous actor. Absolutely. He was 70 when he filmed that role. Yeah, I was gonna say he's also an old man. And... So, so he's not being. So yeah, you could say he was real stiff, but he's 70. He's not the best person to be going in all the fight scene like that. Or watching him, you know, just single handedly. Stop, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin and all that. Like, I'm like oh, that's just really not that believable because he, de- he doesn't have those kind of movements the other two could do yeah. due to his age. And that's not his fault. It's just, but then for me, Jedi would be third because, I don't know, to me, it's a little bit of the weaker of some of them. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely fair. And I, I certainly get that. That episode four would be second because yeah. it just, it's so good. And then Empire is my favorite movie of all time, so there's wow. no way that's on top of the list. Yep, yeah. favorite movie all time. When Han Solo says, I know, in response to Leia, that is like one of my favorite scenes in movies ever. Yeah, it's, it's again a perfect characterization of a fully realized character. So it's, I don't know, it's just, a, I think that's just such a great movie. All the scenes, I mean, I've start, as more I watch it, I kind of start to see gaps and flaws, but... I love that series so much. I ignore them. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully this will be a worthy successor. I hope so. And, I really uh, do. I mean, I'm excited for it. I, I just like it can't be worse. I mean, even if it's not as good as you know four to six, it right. can't be wor- can't be worse than one to three. They'd have to try really hard, like seriously hard. And I just have so much faith in J.J. Abrams and Disney. Okay, now I'm not sure how I feel about faith in J.J. Abrams. Uh, He can certainly make a fun movie. His ability to stay true to source material I find lacking. I know because I know you're referring to Star Trek, right? Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I am referring to Star Trek. Uh, the thing about this movie is the the source material. This it's not like bringing a TV show to life with for the beginning. Right. It is continuation of what we already have. So if he, as long as he doesn't change, like call the force something else and change how the functionality of the universe works, I don't see him botching it. Yeah, and the Star Wars series was a much more action-oriented series anyway, so I, I think he's very well suited to this role. So. I actually, I liked the Star Trek films, but like the, I was never an original... Yes, I'm the, but I'm not an original series kid. Yeah, even Into Darkness? I was I was a next-gen kid. Because in, Into Darkness was, and I'm sure we'll probably get mail about this one, but Into Darkness was to uh, Wrath of Khan. It was like watching grade schoolers perform Macbeth. I, and I understand. I've seen Wrath of Khan. But the thing is, I was never super invested in the original, in the original series. Yeah, that's fair. Because this is not what I grew up on. I grew up on next-gen. I grew up on Picard. So maybe if they botched, you know, a Picard-Borg movie... Maybe yeah. if it, they did similar things, I would probably be more upset. Right. But since I just don't have the attachment, I can enjoy those movies for just like, oh, they're kind of cool st- Star Trek movies. Yeah, and yet, well. They're not, they're not amazing movies, but they're, to me, they're entertaining that I can get around because it's kind of a dose of Star Trek, 
even though they're not the characters that I love. Yeah, I think they'd be great movies if they hadn't. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's pretend. Let's let uh, Clues take the directing and producing chair for a second, and let's take the Star Trek films that J.J. Abrams has made, and just uh, get get a rag and just wipe off all the Star Trek names give them new names and call it a brand new intellectual property and it would be great. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's my problem. I, I don't think it stayed true to the spirit of the original shows, but it took their names and it just seems wrong. But I, I see why they did it. I get it. They wanted to make something uh, new and fast and uh, action-oriented and I get that. But it lacked the finesse and uh, the cerebral nature of uh, the original source material. So I, I'm not a fan, but uh, they're not the worst sin that has been uh, committed by Hollywood in recent years. That no. would be the Transformers films. <laughs> Michael Bay is an atrocity to movies. He is. He makes the bucks. He I will absolutely say. absolutely makes the money, but. I will say, I did not see the, the his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Strictly because when he originally said they were going to be aliens, and then I saw what I originally thought the the shredder was a giant mech and all that, I'm like, that's not the turtles. I can't watch this. But then I saw a trailer for the second one, yeah. and it actually looks decent. It looks way better than the first one. I did not one, watch the first movie either. One, they brought in Bebop and Rocksteady, which is hilarious to me. Yeah. Was, that, that's what I grew up with. But then I saw, and the shredder actually looked more like a re, the real shredder. He was himself, not in some giant suit. Mm -hmm. And so it clearly shows, you know, the next, you know, Dimension X or whatever. I think it's Dimension X. Yeah. Clearly that's there. So I'm thinking, going, that's my childhood right there. They got the van that shoots out the, the, the pizzas. Yep, that and are the, yeah. And the sewer covers. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so I was just watching that going, that's just my childhood right there. Outside of the fact that horrible Megan Fox is in it. <laughs> Recast her, please. But then, then again, it's Stephen Stephen Amell's playing Casey Jones, and that's amazing to me. Uh -huh. Stephen Amell's fantastic. So I actually the, this one actually makes me want to watch the first one to be able to watch this one. Right. So I'm sitting there going, "Damn it, Michael Bay, you got me." So did you know that in theory this is a podcast about magic? It is, isn't it? It is, and we we totally have a topic tonight, even though we've gone really far down uh, a, a complete different alley. But hey, that's I, I did, cool. I did say off-topic question. Yeah, it it was, and as advertised, that was an oh. off-topic question, and I loved well, it. We have we had off-topic, and then we have our own selves of tangential, and we're a victim of our own downfalls. Yeah, that, and these are topics that we feel passionately about because, well. And I suspect a a big chunk of our audience also feels passionately about some of these things. I would uh, imagine so too. And that's why now pretty deep into nerddom. One thing I will tell any of our listeners: uh, don't bother trying to convince me about how great the Star Trek, the the J.J. Abrams Star Trek films are. That's fine. Go ahead and enjoy them. I'm not telling you you can't. I'm saying I don't. That's it. Exactly. My um good friend of mine from work. He is like you. He's very much in the original series. Yeah. He's like you. He doesn't hate them, but he doesn't like them very much either. He'll watch them. Right. But like, yeah, I couldn't convince him that they were good if I, if I wanted to. Yeah. You know, every minute that I was watching Into Darkness, I was thinking to myself, I could be watching Wrath of Khan. And when it was all over, I thought to myself, I could have watched Wrath of Khan. And that would have been a much better use of my time because it's a much better film. But anyway... 
So, hey, uh, speaking of things that got updated, you know what we're going to talk about tonight? Commander product! Let's talk about this year's Commander product. Now, we're a little late to the party on this one. We're super late. We had some stuff going on when this this actually came out, and so we didn't get to give it our usual... Uh, I'm going to call it in-depth analysis, but no, our usual our once analysis. Over, which, once yeah, over. Our once-over. You know, our, our impressions of it, what we think of uh, some of the new cards, the commanders, the mechanics... Uh, the decks themselves, those sorts of things. So tonight, we are going to look at Commander 2015 yeah. and see what we can come up with. So uh, to put this into a little bit of historical context, uh, Watsi is now releasing a Commander product. Are they now up to one every year? I know when they yes. started, they weren't, but I think they're now on to the one every year. Cycle. It is one every year because and, they tried the Commander Arsenal because it was supposed to be like, Decks, some sort of product, decks. Yeah. The Commander Arsenal was such stunning failure. Yeah, well, if you could get your hands on it, it was a nice product, but uh, you probably couldn't. It was an okay couldn't. product. Even people that got the product still didn't like it because they had giant cards for stuff they didn't have small cards for. What was the point? Yeah, well. Anyways, I digress on that. It's kind of what but, we... That's our thing, you know. I know. But we're just, we're, I look at the Commander Arsenal as a shining failure. Okay, that's that's fair. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're and quite I, a total failure. If if they had printed enough of them, that that's, the that's prices the stayed at MSRP and people could have gotten them, they would have been a perfectly fine product. And see, that's the problem within itself. People didn't even get the product. Yeah. And they decided the decks sell so well and people love them, let's just make decks every year. And that's what they did. Yeah, and my understanding is the reception of the first Commander product, the first pre-cons, was so good that they said, oh, uh, I guess people want these, I guess we can do these more often, but we don't have time to get a whole nother set ready for next year, so let's do something else, and that's where Commander's Arsenal came from. Yep. But now we're on to the uh, roughly yearly release schedule, and last year's were mono-colored Commanders, so mono-colored decks. With Planeswalker Generals. With Planeswalker Generals, which were weird. But uh, fun. But yeah, they, they were fun. They were definitely I enjoy, I enjoyed those decks greatly. Yeah. Uh, but from a commander standpoint, like as a commander player, uh, there was some criticism that they were a bit limiting because they were mono-colored. But that's so, the thing about mono-colored. People make mono-colored decks. Oh, people do, yes. But, I mean, they lack the flexibility of a multicolored deck. So, like, let's say I'm well, I'm new to Commander and I go out and I buy one of the pre-cons last year, and I buy the red one because I'm me. Uh, my ability to upgrade it and to change it is necessarily limited because it's mono-red. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just the choice when people make the choice. I mean, I understand your point, but it's like... This product isn't just for beginners. Yeah, certainly not. They can't just steer it towards beginners because then they're not going to sell. Yeah, and I suppose well. that's another important point we need to make here is that these products, by their nature, serve many masters. They have to appeal to not just hardcore EDH players, but to new EDH players, to casual players. They've they've got they've got to appeal to more than one audience. Yes, and so I I thought they were fun and i thought they were fine and i thought they also showed that you can make monocolored decks i thought it showed people this is an option there are ways to build these right but they are like they do have flaws but that's the same if with a red green edh deck you're you are going to have flaws with creature removal Wait, there's is, still things you can't do is the flaw that they used green and what were they thinking 
pretty much. But okay. I'm saying like no matter what deck you build, there's still something you're gonna have. Like if, if I have an Esper deck, I'm probably gonna have a hard time with artifacts. Yeah. You know, or ramp or things like that. There's every color combination has their weakness. Yes, single has to have a bit more because you're more more focused. But that's where art. You just gotta focus on artifacts because there's artifacts that could do almost everything. Yeah. So, so this year, this year they went with dual colored decks, and which they, I was wondering when they were going to do that. Yeah. Well, they uh, they had to because well, dual colored decks are the way to go. They could have done wedges again. They could have. Because there's, I mean, there just really is not a lot of wedge commanders. Yeah, there's more now with the dragons from Dark here, but still. Mm -hmm. But nope, yep, they did enemy. Yeah, I was gonna say specifically enemy color, which uh, is my favorite thing to do because you know what that means. Red, white, Boros. That's what that means. And I'm actually a fan of enemies as well because it's one of the only ways I play green. Uh, that is true. Yeah, coupling it with uh, black, I assume. Yes, sir. Yeah, the Golgari. Because people talk about, like, oh, you'd love blue-green. I actually don't love blue-green. No, Simic, they're weird. It's not, not just Simic, just like, they're oh, the green wants to bring out the big blue monsters. Yeah, that's fine. That's not what I play. I don't play blue for the big blue monsters, though. No, certainly not. So. Certainly not. So we had uh, five enemy-colored decks. So we've got a black-white, a red-green, a black-green, a red-white, and a green-blue. Yes. And so let's take a look. I, why don't we just start with the, the marquee card for each deck, the general. Let's start there. All, and generally, they all share a certain theme. Right. Uh, last year was they were Planeswalkers. The year before that was the Command Zone. Slash shenanigans. Slash their cost. Their cost matter. Yeah. This year they did something else, and it's it's weird, quite frankly. I think I find it more interesting than, but yeah, that's fair. That's perfectly fair. Uh, but uh, you wanna you wanna pick one of these color combinations and Let tell us about. Well, first, you I want you to pick the card I'm gonna read because I want you to pick which one you would think would be the one I would pick if I could only pick one. If you could only pick one. So I know for you, I'd, for you, I'd pick the Boros because I know you. Yeah, I would totally for, pick Boros. For one. you, what would you pick for me? Uh, I think that it's actually going to be the Is It one. Wrong. I'm actually not a huge fan of Red Blue. Oh, okay. Well, then in uh, in that case, is it the Orzov one? Yes, sir. Okay. So, which is the marquee card? The main general, as I'll say, is Daxos the Returned. Because we remember Daxos died. Yes, yes, he did. And now he's back. And well, he costs. He's returned. And he costs essentially the same. Instead of one white blue, he is now one white black. But he's still a 2 2, and he's a zombie soldier. Yes. And he reads whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you get an experience counter. Mm. Pay one white black, put a white and black spirit enchantment creature token onto the battlefield. This creature. It has this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of experience counters you have. Oh my! Okay, so lot so, lot going on here to unpack. So and when it looking roughly, you know, one of my favorite cards when Thero or decks when Theros was out was Constellation, mm -hmm. and that's part of part of that is built into his deck. Con great Constellation card, and that's I like that. That's what I like about this deck. I like the idea that there's tokens. They are going to get huge. Um, I wish they had flying. I don't yeah, understand well, why they don't have flying. That would be a little too good, though, right? It costs three. Maybe maybe costs four. 
Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, that could get so out of control, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I want to talk about experience counters for a second. So the most common thing for people to do when they first read these cards were to think that Daxos got the experience counters. No, you, the controller of Daxos, you get the experience counters, which means when Daxos dies or goes to the command zone or whatever, you've still got those experience counters. Oh, which means next time he comes back, you still have the experience counters okay, that you had. So, all right, so here's a question. Yeah. I'm playing a junk deck, and I have the other general uh-huh. as well. I have them both out, and I do things that give me counters from both. Do they stack together? They stack together because all these cards just care about the experience counters that you have. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. That makes me like this actually a lot more because I guess I, I didn't misread it. I just... I've just figured the counters went on Daxos. It just made sense. That's what just made sense to my head. Yeah, it seems that way, but no, 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 no. You get the experience counters. They, I like uh, that. I like that a lot. They go into the command zone and they're just going to sit there and, uh, and wait. So, fair enough. So that is, that is a good thing because again, you have them and that can get, that can get out of control really fast. Quite and so, frankly. and reading his deck lists, I'm not going to read his deck list to you all, so don't worry about that. He is very much, you know, he's got a lot of stuff that matters with enchantments. Yep. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of, um, what, what are they called? The, uh, the Celestials, the Constellations, I'm sorry. Constellations, Constellations yep. A lot of those, a lot of enchantments. Uh, sadly, there's no blue in there, so there's no Bruna, womp womp. But... I know. I, I I like the deck. Um, I like. It's probably my favorite of the decks. Um, I like him. I think he. I think the Daxos is really cool because he fills another one thing I like to do, which is tokens. Mm-hmm. I mean, with him, and then you get like um, what's it called? Sigil of the Sigil of the Empty Throne. Start getting a bunch of your angels, and it's, it's just the tokens. The damage just keeps coming. Where eventually you're just gonna get overpowered. Yeah. Now, Plus, uh, what do you think I, of his art? His art. Yeah. You mean the beauty? Yeah, the I was going to say, let's let's just oh, talk about all oh, the whole card. All all their art, all the generals and the side the side generals as I call them, their arts are phenomenal. Yeah. Daxos I love, I really do enjoy Daxos. I think his looks great. I love they show his spirits, his tokens around him. Mhm. I also like that uh you know, he the, these decks, you know, they they do a thing but they kind of feed into their strategy. So he's, he really wants you to care about enchantments. Oh, he does. Cause he runs night howler and his tokens are also enchantments. Exactly. Exactly. Now doom wake giant, doom wake giant. <laughs> I don't know how much you, I don't know if you remember how much I love that card, but doom wake giant. Apparently I had forgotten just how much you enjoyed that card. I do enjoy that card clues. Uh, so that's Daxos. Let's let's move on to some of the other generals because uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover, and we spent that's a long true. time talking about Star Wars, which is fine. It's fine. I enjoy that actually. Um, do we want to move on to the next generals, or do we want to cover his side general? Uh, yeah, you, yeah. Let's just shift to the side general. So we'll take him in pairs. Love his side general. It's Karlov of the Ghost Council, which is the first time we got a ghost, a me- individual member of the Ghost Council. Which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. He costs white and a black for a two-two, so he's a sp- essentially a spirit bear. Nice, right? Whenever you gain life, put two plus one plus one counters on Karloff of the Ghost Council. I like that. 
Nice. Whenever you, it's you're in great colors to gain life. I'll pay white to black and remove six plus one plus one counters from Karloff. Exile target creature. Yeah, nice. A little built-in removal. Thing is, so it was what is it? Johnny's plus what? Johnny Goldman's plus? Is it gain three life? Uh it's gained some amount of life. I, I think it's three life. But uh, anyway, it's gaining three life is not difficult to do. And then you can just start paying two mana to start getting rid of stuff because there's no tapping at falls. You gain life, okay, but but a Johnny, uh, when you gain oh. life, it's a single event, right? Oh, it's so not when you okay. Yeah, you're, you're just right. gonna you're you're not gonna get a counter on him for each life that you gain. You're just going to uh, get one each time you gain life. But it's now, not hard if, to gain life if you have times. multiple creatures with life link, now that that you're gonna you're, you're, those are gonna add up fast. So I like this guy. I think he's cool. I think I understand where he fits in the Doxos deal, but I also he, like he's got great standalone capability. Um, I definitely like him in the Esper Giant where he gains life when he's in the um, command zone. He gets really good in that deck. Nice. He's also really good with um, Obzadot. Uh, which Obzadot? Maybe both. Well, this, uh, he's better with the second one. Am I think of the right one? The Guild Leader from Gatecrasher. Yeah, Obzidot Ghost Council. Yeah, he, every turn he enters the battlefield, you drain two life. Then oh, he leaves, yeah, yeah, yeah. He drains, and he leaves, and he drains. So pretty much every end step, you're, or every upkeep, he's going to keep gaining, you know, two power. Mm-hmm. So I like him. I think he's really cool. All right. Well, so say we all. So, so I'm going to I'm gonna shift gears. You'll never guess what color combination I'm going to. Boros. Yeah, let's go Boros. Why not? I mean, just because it just popped into my mind. I don't know why. So let's talk about the the Marquee General of, uh, let's see now, what was what was this one called? This deck is the, uh, <sighs> wait, yeah, Wade Into Battle. There it is. That was the name of this deck. So, Oh, I guess the name of my deck, the other one was Call the Spirits. Right. But, you know, it's obvious if you're looking for these, just look for the color combination. So we're going red-white, we're going Boros here, and I'm going to guess that this is pronounced Calumnay. Let's say Calumnay, Disciple of Eroas. So this is the Boros General. It is two, a red and a white, so four mana total for a 3-3 legendary creature giant soldier. With some beautiful words written on it. Words like double strike and Ugh. vigilance. Worse. Oh. It makes the double strike worse. Oh, <laughs> man, that's so nice. Whenever you cast a creature spell with converted mana cost five or greater, you get an experience counter. So it doesn't trigger itself, but that's fine because it wouldn't be on the battlefield to trigger itself. But it wants you to cast big things. Uh, Calumnay, Disciple of Eroes, gets plus one, plus one for each experience counter you have. Shh, we don't like that. Oh, man. So with luck, turn four, or no, this is, this is Commander, right? So turn three, this <laughs> comes down. Maybe turn two if you're lucky. Turn four, you, you get a five drop, and now you're swinging with a four, four double strike vigilant. And this is your Commander. This is Commander damage, right? This is just sick. Here's a question. Yeah. When you cast a commander for the command zone, does that change their converted mana cost? Uh, no, their converted mana cost, uh, what you pay and the converted mana cost are not necessarily the same thing. Okay, so. I just wanted to make sure that if you did cast her, from, you know, when she after you killed her, she's at, now she's going to be six if you cast her, you don't get her. Yeah, no, the, the CMC is always the, the thing in the upper right-hand corner, so re- regardless of what you paid for it, pr- pretty See, much. Unless there are X's involved. Look, in general, 
<laughs> general. In general, it's just the thing in the upper right hand. Seems like um, should be really good in a three color deck with one of the generals that get experience counter faster earlier. Uh, yes. Yeah, that that is true. Like um, um a red, white, black one. You're easy to get those cheap enchantments down and then right. bam. And uh, anything that could make you proliferate should be nice here. Can you but, proliferate experience counters? Oh, you should be able to because the you could pl- proliferate poison counters and those those worked the same. So I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. So that should work just fine. Um, I'll I'll probably double check that when you're reading the next general just to make sure. But yeah, that that seems like that should work just fine. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I I like this general a lot. Now it does encourage you to cast expensive big things, which is not necessarily a red thing to do. They're usually a little more aggro than that, but... Uh, to be fair, it's a commander thing to do. I was going to say, but it's in a format where you probably have big dumb things to cast, so do it and get a better general. And then later when you cast it, you don't care that you had to pay the commander tax because it's still big. <laughs> the uh, backup general, the lieutenant, yeah, let's say lieutenant, is Anya Merciless Angel, who this artwork is just spectacular. It's gorgeous. So three, a red and a white for a 4-4 legendary creature angel with flying, of course, because it's an angel. So 4-4 flyer. Anya, Merciless Angel, gets plus three, plus three for each opponent whose life total is less than half his or her starting life total. So when she smells blood in the water, oh yeah, oh yeah. And also, as long as an opponent's life total is less than half his or her starting life total, Anya has Indestructible. I think this card qualifies as disgusting. The problem I have with this card is very similar to the... A problem I have with Blood Baron outside the fact that Blood Baron is amazing. There's a little thing at the bottom that makes him just win more. When your opponent has less ten or less life and you have more than thirty, he becomes a ten ten flyer. Right. Essentially. That's I mean not exactly how he reads, but that's what a, essentially you get. So okay, now you just win. I understand that, but that's what granted I understand that you know a seven seven flying indestructible is necessarily isn't the end of the game mm-hmm. when you're all you have to be at at is twenty life. Right. But when two people are at 20 life, she's a 13, or she's a, yeah, no, she's a 10, 10, and then she gets bigger, and then yeah. she gets gross. 10, 10, indestructible flyer? Oh, yeah. I know, I just, the situation is, seems, one of those win more situations, but I guess, maybe not, because Commander's really, it's not the same. It's really not the same in Command. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm overthinking it too much, like Blood Baron, who was amazing, by the way. Yeah. But I, I, I like this. Uh, it, it's again, it's, it's an aggro-y card. Uh, but you're right. It is a bit of a win more mechanic, uh, that she has on her, but she makes up for it with the artwork. She just looks awesome. And it's full of a lot of big creatures. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Jareth, the Leonin Titan. God, he's, it's been a long time since he's been printed. Huh. Look at that. Long time since he's been printed. Did they all get a Titan? I think they all got a Titan. Uh, probably. I saw a Sun Titan. That's a great. That's a. Uh, there's an Inferno Titan in this deck too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And there's a Sun Titan in the white one, I think. Uh, there's a Sun Titan in this deck too. Oh, maybe it's that one's got. Wonder if they all got Titans. Uh, maybe not. Maybe just that one got Titans because that makes sense. They're big. Uh, yes. Looks like all the Titans are in the uh, the Boros deck, which is how it should be. So, Titans, Titans for me. <laughs> Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, pro- proliferate should work just fine with. Okay. I went and looked up the wording. Bolt strike, isn't that what it is? And from scars, 
three to deal for lightning bolt and proliferate? Uh, maybe. I I try and block scars out of my mind because, well, I did hey, not hear from That was a great card with proliferate with, for planeswalkers. Yeah. That was a great card. Are you done with Wade into battle? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of okay. uh, good stuff in this I'll talk deck, about but... I'll talk about my next favorite, which is Plunder the Graves. Uh-huh. The only the only way I play green, which is black green. And the card I'm about to read is I think it has the best art out of all of them. It is pretty good art. It's I'm gonna go with Mirin of Clan Neltoth, which is two black green for a three four human shaman legendary creature, obviously. Whenever another creature you control dies, you get an experience counter. Yay, I already love it. <laughs> I already love it, Close. At the beginning of your end step, choose target creature card in your graveyard. If that creature card's converted mana cost is less than or equal to the number of experience counters you have, return it to the battlefield. Otherwise, put it in your hand. Yeah, this Wait, seems... wait, 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 wait. So if I pick a card that I have that costs more than the counters I have... Yes. It goes to my hand. Correct. But if it's, like, let's say I have six counters and I pick a Grave Titan, that guy's going to the great, that guy's going to the field instead of my hand. Yes, sadly, he is. Oh, so, uh, so good. Yeah, this, you know, I, I love the Boros one, but this might be a better card. Oh, Mirren of the Clan Neltoth is amazing. Yeah, I, pack your graveyard hate is what it comes down to. Shh, clues, we're just going to shh. We're not going to say that to people. Rest in peace. Stop it. Okay. Still rest in peace. Seriously. Use that card. <laughs> I love that card. I, love, I think she is great. Um, yeah, and if, if folks have not seen the artwork on this card, you really should. It's oh, it's phenom- it is so phenomenal. Pretty spectacular. Who, I mean, who so- did this artwork anyway? Uh, Mark Winters. Nice job. Mm-hmm. So clearly the deck is full of stuff that when you you know lets you sacrifice, deals with graveyards, all that fun stuff. You know, just the stuff the stuff I like some of the stuff that I like to do the dirty, dirty stuff I like to do in command. Oh did they put reassembling skeleton in this deck? Because if they didn't, that's a huge mistake. Oh, the other thing I'll point out is it does say whenever another creature you control dies, not whenever another non token creature you control dies. I know. So you could rack up those counters pretty fast. I know. It's, especially with um, um, Crozona Guildmage. Ooh, Gerard's. It's, it's, it does fun things, Clues. It does things. I admit that. Fun things. Horrible things. Well, you know. But let's read the lieutenant, as you call, called it. Sure. Which I love the creature type. We'll, we'll get to It's um, Mazurek? Yeah, Mazarek. I, th- I think Mazarek. The Crawl Death Priest, which is a, for three black green, a 2 2 um, insect shaman. All right. You, you had lost me at a 2 2 for five, but he's an insect shaman. I'm back on board. Okay. Has flying whenever a player sacrifices another permanent, put plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Wow. Now, this is any permanent, so your opponent cracks a fetch land? Do it. Just get some counters. Enjoy. When you're trying to build up your experience counters, stuff gets big. Yeah. Maybe this is my favorite deck. 
Yeah, I'm t- I'm starting to be convinced here too. I won't lie to you. I was all on board with Boros, you know, as like the Orzov deck looks kind of interesting. I've I've actually played a little bit with the Izit deck that we'll talk about in a minute. But man, the more I see of this one, oh, jeez. It's dirty and beautiful. Just... <laughs> that is the best description of a Golgari deck ever. It's dirty and beautiful. I, I just really like this. It's, this is part of this is the reason I like to play green. The only reason I like to play green because the the what it does with graveyard stuff like this. Yeah. Oh, I I love it, clues. I love it. Yeah, and this guy is not nearly as susceptible to the graveyard hate as uh, the main general is. Yes, M- Mirren is. Yeah, yeah. Mirren's Mirren, Mirren's wrecked by a this wrecked. Yeah. Oh man, now I man, I kind of want to play with this deck now. I do too. Yeah, okay, so so far I think I would play this deck if I had to pick one of them. A second pick is definitely Boros, but but top pick has got to be the Golgari. I mean, I, there's just there's a few things in there that I could tweak. I could just take this, tweak a few things and just play this forever. Yeah. And uh this this deck is Swell the Host. Did we did we give its name? I don't did. Is it Swell the Host? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that yeah, it's the plunder, plunder the grave. I'm sorry. Swell the Host is the Simic one. It's the Simic one, yeah. Okay. Oh boy, what what all they got in here? Ooh, Lotleth Troll. I like that guy. Right? Yeah. I am a little disappointed reassembling skeletons out in this deck. Oh, Jared is in here. He went to Jared. Eternal Witness. Oh, yeah, always good. Seven of the Bloodlines, always a good card. Oh, oh, and Eldrazi Monument might be in here. Yeah. Which seems pretty good. Particularly since it's gonna make you sacrifice some things. Yeah. Bone Horde, Lightning Grease, Golgar. What was... Oh, oh and Terastodon. Oh, I love Terastodon. Yep. I'm not entirely certain why the Terastodon that they've shown us in this deck list is, I think, in French. But there it is. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. It's, it's, it's got good stuff in it. Yep. Terastodon was... Man, was this one of the... First rares I ever got? I think this is one of the first rares that I ever got. Oh, it's got Skull Clamp. <laughs> skull Clamp. Which, by the way, Skull Clamp is a dumb card, and I love it. That's hilarious. I, I read an article about when they were designing Skull Clamp. Originally, it just it gave plus one, plus one. Like, oh, we can't have it do that. That's too expensive. It only costs one. Let's give it a downside. Let's give it plus one, minus one. Oh, yeah, totally a downside. And now everyone would look at that. Please give it plus one, plus one. <laughs> that would be that would be fair if we did that. Why can't it be plus one, plus one? I just think that's funny. Like, oh, we're, we, that's broken. We don't want to break it. And then they ended up breaking it by trying to fix it. That's the, that's just a good – I think that's just funny to me. Ah, uh, yes. Road to hell, paved, best intentions, etc. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, future fun. All right. Well, hey, look, we're we we're we're totally pushing towards the end of this episode already, and we've barely scratched the surface. Let's move on. All right. I'm gonna move on. Believe it or not, to is it because it's either that or I have to talk about Simic, and I don't want to do that. And I've actually played with this is it deck very briefly. I I, I got in part of a commander game before before I had to leave. I did, look, it's complicated. This does not, this does not seem like your style. Uh, it doesn't, but I uh, I I I'm gonna say I kind of got stuck with this one. But but there it Fair. was. Uh, but at least the guy in charge was a goblin, so that's fine. So the commander here is uh, Mizix of the Ismagus. Is Magnus? Is, is Magnus. Yeah, let's go with that. It is two, a blue, and a red 
for a 2-2 legendary creature goblin wizard. I like one of those words. <laughs> the wizard part usually bugs me. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell with converted mana cost greater than the number of experience counters you have, you get an experience counter. Instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less, one colorless less specifically, to cast for each experience counter you have. This is wicked powerful and basically dumb. Uh, it is, it's just sick when you try it in practice. Uh, the first couple of turns, you are virtually guaranteed to be racking up some experience counters. And then after that, it's basically, hey, whatever you got in your hand, you can probably cast that. That's so gross. It really is. It gets out of hand very quickly. Does that does that minus include stuff like from flashback? Uh, yes, that should work for flashback as well. Because although you're paying an alternate cost, this should reduce it. This is so gross. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty dumb. Pretty and eventually, dumb. almost all your spells will be f- practically free outside of colored mana. Yeah, it'll just be the colored mana that you have to do. That's so sick. Thank God he could eat a thunderbolt. Uh yeah, he is a he's a touch fragile, but you've probably got some counter spells you've packed for uh just such a Oh he's so gross with Melek. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Pretty oh, bad. That's, that's disgusting clues. Uh speaking of disgusting, why don't we look at his sidekick here? And that is Arjun the Shifting Flame. Beautiful. Costs Four, a blue, and a red. Oh, by the way, the, the artwork on uh, Mizzix is pretty awesome. But Arjun is way better, though. Yeah, well, if you like Sphinxes. Because it is a 5-5 five, five Sphinx wizard whose head is on fire. But he seems okay with it, honestly. It's his lion mane is flame. It's amazing. It is practically made of flame. He has flying. Whenever you cast a spell... Put the cards in your hand on the bottom of your library in any order, then draw that many cards. That's interesting. It's not a choice. Yeah, you you have to do this thing, but it is it's interesting. I don't Did you did you play with Arjun? I did not. I never I never cast Arjun. I was I was rocking uh Mizzix. I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, it seems like an awful an awful, I'm going to say narrow strategy. It's it's pretty much devoid of strategy because you can't plan ahead more than a move, a couple moves. Yeah, well, it is a triggered ability, so you can, while it's on the stack, cast something else as long as it's an instant. Right, but I mean, still, I mean, it's like you need to kind of like don't. I under, it's great if you don't you don't like what's in your hand. Great, but then you'll never get to. I don't know. It's interesting. I suppose if you got something like Psychosis Crawler, though, eventually it gets real good. Yeah. Because it, oh, if you get anyone that deals damage when you when you personally draw cards, that's because you can cast a spell for dirt cheap with Mizzix, shuffle your, you know, do the hand, draw the cards, do it again, do your hand, draw the cards. Oh, that, that gets gross. Yeah, it could get out of control fast. I mean, he's 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 got a specific role, and he does it well. And, Pretty much find your win conditions. And his head's on fire. And his head's on fire. So that's, uh, that's the Izzets, uh, and it is, uh, and this deck here is called Seize Control, and, uh, there's, there's some fine stuff in here, uh, as far as spells go, uh, there was something that I cast when I was playing this, let me see if I can find it, uh, 
it was something that made me look at the cards on top of my library and I could cast like an instant or sorcery for free. Oh God. I can't remember what it was now. It's good. It was, oh, it was Epic Experiment. Yes. That's, that's a great card. Yeah. I, I cast Epic Experiment with X like crazy high because of the, the reduction because I had Mizzix out and I cast Epic Experiment with like X equals seven. And out of the seven cards on the top of my library, I had like, uh, four lands, like two creatures and something with X in its cost. And so I could cast it, but X was zero and it sucked. It was like Comet Storm or something. I, I forget, but it was, it was something terrible and I, I just completely whiffed. It was like the most epic whiff. Oh, they were smart. They did put a psychosis crawler in the deck. Indeed. And a reliquary tower. Uh, yes, of course. Which, by the way, I have strong feelings about Reliquary Tower. In all fairness, this it makes sense, Nick. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. So, hey, you want to move on to our uh, our Simic friends? If I say no, is that bad? Uh, it is, but one of us has to do it, and you've drawn I'll a short do it. straw. So we have the blue green. Yay! Uh, we have Azuri Claw Progress. I'm sure Azuri is an existing creature. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Azuri, Renegade Leader, I believe, was uh, one of his previous incarnations. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Uh, he's two green-blue for a 3-3 three, three legendary elf warrior. He reads, whenever a creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you get an experience counter. That sounds very meh to me. Um, at the beginning of combat, on your turn, put X plus one plus one Counters on another target creature you control, where X is the number of experience counters you have. I like it because like you're generally amassing a small army, but you're making one of those things real big. Most likely, if you have some sort of like small flyer, you're going to start making them real big. Uh, but I feel like Evolve works pretty good for this deck. Man, I feel so bad for Azuri. Why? Poor, poor, poor Azuri. Well, Azuri was uh, a legendary creature from uh, Scar's block, so he's mm-hmm. he's from Mirrodin, and he used to be renegade leader he was he was fighting for the resistance there yeah he lost on mirrodin and he did not win if you look at this artwork mm, yeah the the phyrexians got a hold of him and they made some quote-unquote upgrades and he did not win yeah he looks happier though yeah it, it used to be that he would do great things for elves he's used in like elf ball decks in uh tons in modern and he's a big elf commander too yeah absolutely uh this new one it's a good card it's a good card i get it and he definitely works well with others but he's so phyrexian this this card makes me sad so at least he doesn't um, have an effect a lot of i think he works really well with a lot of evolve cards sure oh and it's put x1 counters for some reason i was thinking it's like you they just get Plus X, plus X till end of turn. No, 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 no. They stick around. Oh, him and Voral will be good friends. Yeah. And, you know, he wants you to cast little things so that he can make them bigger. So I guess in a way, that's a little bit Phyrexian. uh, It is. He wants to upgrade the things that you have to make them better. I'm actually, this is actually better than I thought when I originally read him. Granted, part of that is I misread experience counters. The mm-hmm. other part is I misread it. I misread his whole ability because I kind of just was very neglectful of him because I did. I wrote him off real quick. Yeah, well, it's um, the Simic deck. It's what we do. I, I actually kind of enjoy that card much more than I thought. Better than I thought it would. Uh, but let's read his lieutenant. 
Yeah, when you when you get to the lieutenant, I want you to not read the creature type for a minute, and we'll talk about the ability, and then we'll come back to the creature types. Okay. We have Kaseto Orochi Archmage, which, by that name, some of you yeah, well, probably know. Yeah, the, the, the Vorthoses among Anyways. us know what's going on, but... Because one green and blue for a 2-2. Legendary creature something, XX. Something. Yeah. Now, he reads, pay green-blue, no taps, pay green-blue, target creature can't be blocked this turn. If this creature is an X, or can I say what the yeah, creature is? Yeah, no, 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 go ahead and say it, yeah. If this creature is a snake, it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Yeah, so at first you just glance at this card, and if you don't look at it too close, you just, I, I automatically go to the abilities first, particularly activated abilities that don't have a tap, and I'm like, oh, target creature can't be blocked, that's a good ability. If this creature is a snake, what? That seems really specific. It gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Oh, Orochi, he's a snake wizard, of course. Now, of course. can I make him suit like unblockable three times? Uh, yeah, that should work. Okay, so I can make him an eight-eight. Good to know. Yeah, I think you can just pump this guy as long as you have mana. Yep, that sounds fair. I think he is honestly. I think he's going to be used in a lot. Uh, sadly, he's going to be used in a lot of Voltron decks. Uh, yeah. Any sort of Bant Voltron deck is going to run him, which is fair. He's it's he's a good card. I mean, there's no way around that. He's a good card. Oh, actually, I just went to double check because I, oh. wanted, I wanted to see if they put a ruling on this. And I, I've got to be honest with you. The folks who uh, run Gatherer and uh, who do the rules stuff at Wizards, they're funny people. They really are. And this one, this one really smacks of uh, Matt Tabak actually wrote this. There's a ruling in here about this because, uh, you know, it, it, his ability says target creature can't be blocked this turn. If that creature is a snake, it gets plus two, plus two, end of turn. So the question that often comes up is, uh, okay, so let's say I attack with it and then you block. If I activate this ability, since it can't be blocked, does that block still happen? And the answer is yes, it does still happen. But the way they've ruled it in the, in the rulings, the, the way they've worded it, once a creature has been legally blocked, activating Caseto's ability, targeting that creature won't cause it to become unblocked. It will give it plus two, plus two if it's a snake, though. <laughs> if I ever have, if I ever built an Azuri deck with Caseto, sure. Clues, Clues is going to hate me. Yes. Because it's going to be loaded with infect creatures. Oh, oh, God. And there are a couple of blue and green infect creatures that are pretty good. I'm sorry, that's, that's just a... Did they put infect in this deck? I need to look now. If they I didn't, they not. failed. Even just one. I, I hope not. That's Price. what I'm going to say. Prime speakers of Ghana, not bad. Arbor class is Because this is the uh, Swell the Host deck, right? Yep. Uh, uh, nope. Just, uh... Nope. Oh, snake form. Huh. <laughs> oh, I see what they did there. Yeah, turn it into a snake. There are too many snakes in this deck for me to be comfortable with this. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, it makes sense, given they did not. I feel that's a mistake. Oh, you know, he would do really well in a changeling deck. Oh, my God. Yeah, he would. Because they're all they're all snakes. Yeah, they are. All right, so they didn't put any infect creatures in there, which I, I get. But I also like, give one. Just give one. How, how did I never realize that Steve... At least I think that's that's what this card's nickname is. Sakura Tribelder, isn't it nicknamed Steve? I don't know. I always call it Sakura Tribelder. How did I not notice that that was a snake shaman? I don't know. I never knew that until just now. Huh. They didn't put any infect. I would put loads of infect in this deck. I am a bad person, though. I mean, that's, that's a real thing. Oh, my God. 
What's that stupid? I need to gather. I need the gatherer now. <laughs> What's that stupid Hydra that has in fact? Oh, oh God, no! Just no. Sorry, clues. It, it, it's a, it's a must. <sighs> Subtype Hydra rules text in fact. Search clues weeps Phyrexian Hydra five. If this player deals damage, if damage dealt. Oh, that's not the, never mind. That's not what I was thinking. Are you thinking of the dragon? No, I'm not thinking of Skittles. What's the? Oh, never mind. They added. There's a Hydra that attacks when you attack a player. It attacks all opponents. Oh. And then you give that. In fact. Ah, okay. Yeah, that would. That's be. not what. That's not what I was thinking. Well, either way, what do we think of uh, this Simic Lieutenant here? I like him. He's he's gonna do bad things. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he sure is. And for all of you out there who weren't thinking Infect, you're welcome. Yeah, and for all of you out there who weren't thinking Infect, uh, you were good people. I don't There's think no place are. in this world for good people. Apparently not. Not now that we have an Infect. Jeez. All right, so those are uh, kind of the core. Core. Those are kind of the uh, the, the, the centerpieces of these decks. But uh, like all other Commander products, there are other cards in these decks. There are other new cards in these decks that are interesting and sweet. And even though we're starting to run short on time here, there are some that need discussion. We'll discuss two of them. Two types. Two types, okay. I, I can't imagine what the first type is. Well, which one do you want to do first? I think it's going to be the Confluences. It's got to okay. be. We'll do right. the confluences first. Yeah, so there's there's a cycle of cards introduced here. There are, there are five of them, one for each color. They are the something confluence. So depending on what color you are, their art's fantastic too. Uh, there aren't, you know, at, if you see them all together, their artwork is fantastic. If you see any one of them alone, it's kind of eh, that's kind of interesting. But once you see them all together, it's like, oh, that's pretty sweet. You get it. Yeah. Uh, but still, I, I, I reacted the exact same way. I saw them all lined up, and I'm like, man, that's awesome. And then I thought, eh, what if I were just playing one? Then it's, eh, it's not so bad. But all of them depict a mage of their given color uh, standing kind of in this, uh, this like, powered circle. Looks kind of like a ley line sort of area. With kind of their elements. Uh, of their elements, with, uh, with specifically three prongs feeding into that, uh, that circle, which is kind of interesting. So, which confluence would you like to speak of first as our kind of prototype? I'll take the black one. Okay, I kind of figured. So, hit us with the black one. The Wretched Confluence. Three black black for an instant. Yes. Choose three... Yeah, I was going to say, let's let's hear the modes, and then we'll hear more about this card. So it's a modal card. Let's hear so the three modes. Modes first? Yeah. Target player draws a card, loses one life. That's very black. Target creature gets minus two, minus two till end of turn. Also a very black ability. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Fantastic. Okay, there's three of them there. How many do I get to choose? Choose three. Oh, so it does them all every time. That's pretty cool. You may choose the same mode more than once. What? That's insanity. This is the first time I've ever seen a modal card do this. It, it is, I believe, the first time a modal card has ever done this. And I this is cool. For instant speed, I could draw three cards and lose three life. You could totally I can, do that. I could kill a 6-6. Six, six. Yep. I can bring three cards back from my graveyard. Or any combination of those things that you'd like. <sighs> that sounds so fun and awesome. Yeah, so any of these modal cards are spectacular, because they're like a little toolkit. It's like you didn't draw one card, you drew three cards. 
but because you can mix and match the pieces, it's like you drew, I don't know, nine cards. It's it's spectacular. Would the any of these ever be good in Legacy? <sighs> Maybe. Or do they cost too much? Now, spoiler alert for something that we're going to talk about after we talk about these cards. Uh, none of the cards in this set have made a big splash in Legacy, but I think that's a good thing. And again, we'll it come is. to that. We'll come it back to that in a few the, minutes. It doesn't make the decks impossible to find or ridiculously expensive. It, it, exactly. But again, we'll come back to that. Uh, but yeah, these, these are nice. Utility, flexibility. That is the kind of card you want, particularly in a singleton format. Oh man, do you want flexibility? It's both a floor wax and a dessert topping, if anyone gets that reference. <laughs> so they're, they're great. I like the confluences a lot. All right, why don't you hit your confluence up? Oh, uh, let's let's hit fiery. Why not? Fiery confluence. Two red red. Oh, it's, surprise. It's a sorcery, which I think is just cheap, quite frankly. Black gets an instant. Blue gets an instant. Read the, the modes. Colors. Read the modes and you know why. All right. Fiery confluence deals one damage to each creature. Seems good. Fiery confluence deals two damage to each opponent. Seems good. Destroy target artifact. Now you know exactly why it's a sorcery. No, no, that seems like it should totally be. Don't even, now I've at four, you know it. Okay, well, let's make it three red red and make it an instant. How about that? I actually would be, I'd be okay with that. Okay. You know under under five, there's no way that's an instant. You know that. Yeah, I know it. They're They're never going to give you destroy three artifacts at instant speed. They should. They won't, you know that. Take that soul ring and soul ring and your soul ring too. Exactly. That's the exact reason why it's not an instant. Granted, you could still do that, but still. Yeah. But you have to do it at sorcery speed. Uh, I guess I could take the blue one. Sounds good. Mystic Confluence. Three blue blue for instant speed. Oh, wait. Uh, l- hold, hold on. Hold on. Let me guess. The modes are uh, do something done, dumb that's cheaty, do something else dumb that's cheaty, and draw a card. Sure. Okay, that that sounds like what they're going to be. Okay, what counter target spell unless the controller plays three. So yes, that's dumb. Man, that's mana leak. So if you really don't, if they have the three, do they have the six? <laughs> do they have the nine? Um, return target creature to its owner's hand. It's creature, not permanent. Clues, relax. Uh, okay, but I and like then draw creatures. Card. Yeah, of course it's draw a card. So I'll give you one that's kind of cheaty. I won't give you two cheaty. Okay, but am I wrong, or does this spell actually read? Uh, choose two and draw a card. No, because it I might be it choose does. one and draw two cards. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It, it might be. It, it honestly could be counter target spell draw two cards. Counter target spell pounce a creature draw a card. This card is. I, mean, I understand they're all supposed to be versatile, but this might be the most versatile. And with blue, is this? It's. No matter what, there's always going to be the middle finger of drawing a card. Yeah, it slices, it dices. This thing is, it is a tool kit. Speaking of tools, I guess I'll talk about green, because since <laughs> you got stuck with green earlier. I thought, I thought you'd like that segue. Uh, Verdant Confluence for green green for a sorcery, because blue's a special one. Uh, choose three. Of course, you may choose the same mode more than once. Put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. That's Done. a nice green thing to do. Return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah. That seems good. Search your library for a basic land card. Put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Dumb. None of this is overpowered. I think this card costs too much. Absolutely not. What? 
six mana to go get three lands. That's no good. It could be six mana to give make it give something plus six plus six. Yeah, it only has six. it forever or until you can get rid of those counters. Yeah, no, this card is adequate, adequately costed. All right, tell us what the white one does. Righteous confluence, three white white for a sorcery. Now this one might be not cost enough. Like it might cost too cheap. Put a two-two white knight creature token with vigilance onto the battlefield. Exile target enchantment. You gain five life. Now, going back to the ors the the ghost council guy. Sure. I choose this card and I choose gain five life three times. Is that three separate instances of gaining five life? Yes. Okay. Now you'll it, you you only get the trigger three times, right? Right. I do. Under, I understand. I don't get it okay. fifteen times. Yeah. But I was, I was just referring to that. I get it. I gain five life, trigger. I gain five life, trigger. Gain five life, trigger. Yes. Okay. That is how that should work. I honestly do think this one could probably cost six. Yeah, it probably could. I mean, 15 life is a lot. And uh, um, three two twos for five is a lot. With vigilance. With vigilance? Lot. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Uh, now, the exiling target enchantment, eh. I don't know. Three target enchantments that's a lot it is and and there are some that need to die i get it so i don't know that's i get it i do think i think i don't think it's like horribly undercosted but i think it could cost six and i wouldn't bat an eye at it yeah um especially if it was six and instant speed right but they don't like life gain at instant speed i know that Mm -hmm. um and they generally don't give you token makers at instant speed i know they have but they generally don't yeah it's not a thing they like Confluences are great. Yeah. Oh, I think they're spectacular. I think, I think every any... one of them is good and useful in their colors. I was going to say, if you run a deck with any of these colors, you need one of these in your commander deck. Absolutely. Or or two or three, depending on how many colors your commander deck. Mm-hmm. And if you're one I... of those crazy five-color commander people, cut that out. I don't think there's a place for all five in a five-color deck. I will go as far as to say that. Do you know what they should do? This, this is right now. We'll get to the next part. But what they should do next year? Yeah. Four-color commanders. That could happen. Like everyone's gonna think, oh, allies. No, four color. Bam. We'll see. I think they should do it. I really do. I think that's something we need that we don't have. Or how about five colorless commander decks? But that's a topic no. for another day. No, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't either. All right, let's move on to. Uh, you you want to talk about the myriad creatures? Is that's where the you, myriad creatures? That's where you want to go with this? Okay. I think that's what we should end on. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. I think we have to. Um, I think we definitely need to bring these up. And man, they nailed the art on these th- five cards. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, do, do you do you want to go in the same color order again? You want to start with the black one? Yeah, I'll start with black. That's okay, fine. skip the myriad part. Just tell us about the creature, and then we'll talk about the myriad part. All right, parts. Um, Banshee of the Dread Choir. Oh, it's three black black for a four four. Whenever Banshee of the Dread Choir deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card. All Seems right. a little expensive for something that just makes you discard. Five Granted, mana for a non-flying 4-4 four, four that makes the opponent discard when it connects. Granted, I mean, it's a 4-4, four, four, but still, I think five is a bit much. Yeah, it seems pretty good, though. Seems pretty good. But then it has Myriad. Yes, it does. Do you want me to read Myriad? Uh, you can, or, or I can ramble about Whenever it. Whenever this point. creature attacks for each opponent other than defending player, you may put a token that's a copy of this creature... Onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking the player or a planeswalker he or she controls. Exile the tokens at the end of combat. Just wow. So essentially, 
you get to attack everybody. Yeah, this card goes from zero to holy crap with one word, and that word is myriad. So, yeah, so pretty much if you hit everybody, everyone discards a card besides you. And this thing is so political because it's not all or nothing. It's, you know, you've got, let's say you've got three opponents, you attack that guy. Well, you can attack the other two, too, or you can not. You don't have to. Is the May, do you, is the May all or nothing, though? If uh, I choose, I'm going to use the tokens, do I have to use them for everybody? Or can I choose, I'm going to attack you two and leave you alone? You can do that, yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, it is very political. Absolutely. And that is cool. Like, just really cool. Yeah, great. I like the card. I love the art. Love the art. All right, you can go with your red one. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll go to the red. Uh, but I I like Myriad a lot. You know, I I like these kind of mechanics that uh, play well in the multiplayer format that they're meant for. I think it's really cool. It's interesting and it's powerful, but it's not broken outside of their format. It's pretty much useless outside of their format. But still, I like it. Okay, uh, let's go to the red one. War Chief Giant three red red for a five three creature giant warrior with haste. Ugh. That's it, though. That's it. It's just, you know what? I don't have anything on my board. Oh, bam! Here's some five fives. Or five threes, excuse me. Coming at your faces. Still. Five, I mean, that's still a lot. And that's out of nowhere. Five. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right, I will read the blue one. Of course. Bloodbirth Viper. Four and a blue for a three three with myriad. Whenever Bloodbirth Viper deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. So that's a lot of card draw. Oh, and I just noticed the artwork all shows them with their images. Yes, all of the artwork has a, a main creature. So, like, for instance, Warchief Giant has this big, brutish giant coming at you with this big, like, hammer-axe-looking thing. And there are two fiery ghost images of him heading off to the left and the right. I didn't notice that in the black one, because the black one's already an ethereal ghost, So and she's part of a dread choir, so I always just thought that was the choir. Yeah. It but is, looked, but they're killing stuff too. But when I looked at the blue and the red one, I noticed they're the after image, they're images. Yeah. So, but the, that's drawn a lot of cards for the blue one. It uh, could be, yeah. Uh, shall I take the green one? I'll yeah. be, I'll be nice. Caller of the pack. Oh, oh I don't. Ugh, ugh. Five green, green for an eight six with trample and it's myriad. Too cheap. Yeah, it's this one's borderline. Oh man. It's too cheap. Uh, well, if it's got any, if you don't have a way to give it haste, what you've done is just said, uh, pass turn, who can kill this before it gets back to me? Clues, um, time is 143. Um, you should write that down. One okay. hour, 43 are, minutes. Are you about to swear? this card. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I gave you the time, I'm sorry. You I did, you the- I, I appreciate it. That was the time on my recording as well. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of that. I understand. It's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you had to. Oh, I, I mean, it. I understand seven sounds like a lot. It is not enough. It's too little because of the ramp that green can do in commander and elvish pipering. And this card is just disgusting and I don't want to see it. Oh my God. Yeah. I hate this card. <sighs> okay. Palette cleanser. Let's, let's go to, to white. Herald of the Host. Three white white for a 4-4 angel. It's flying in vigilance in Myriad. It is Sarah Angel that gives you more Sarah Angels. Because what's better than a Sarah Angel? Three Sarah Angels. 
<sighs> I like that card. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's good. It's it does exactly what you would think it would do as as a white card. Yes. Now, here's the thing. There are tons of other cards in this set we really ought to talk about, but as Rich alluded to, we've been on this call for like an hour and 45 minutes. Now, the show itself isn't quite that long because we chit-chat at the beginning, but still, we we do have to wrap this up someday because we don't, we don't go into the epic long recording sessions. But before we do, I do want to mention a couple of things philosophically about this set compared to some of the previous ones. There have been some balance issues with earlier commander products in general uh, either one was a complete standout or one had a card or cards that worked really well in other formats and that caused some of the prices to go a little bit out of control or or a lot out of control i'm, I'm looking at you true name nemesis that's who i'm looking at i got my eye on you and that was actually a problem with previous sets, in my opinion. Now, there have been some criticisms labeled at, at Commander 2015 saying, oh, this isn't worth it, uh, none of the cards are worth all that much money, there's no value in this set, how dare they give us this product? People who say that are missing the point. Mm-hmm. This product is meant for Commander. It's meant for playing in a multiplayer format. It's meant for you can grab two of these, unwrap them, and just play them. And you can just go to town. The fact that they finally made a set where the cards are interesting and the cards are fun, but they're not worth a bajillion dollars, I think is a testament to how well designed this one is. Because you can probably go right now, if you're listening to this recording, you could go right now to a big box retailer and find any one of these five decks at MSRP. Or even better yet, go to your local game shop and, I, and you can find any one of these. For MSRP. And that is a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I just read two cards that are pretty sweet. Yeah. Some of the new ones. But maybe if maybe we can go after some of the cards that we didn't get to in a net late in another episode. Yeah, I think we need to it's about time we revisit Commander just as a as a topic and some commander decks and so I'm sure that, that will come uh early next year. Sometime. We can do it. We'll do a part two, but I think this might be our last episode of the year. Yeah, I was going to say, we're recording here in the middle of December. We're about to hit the holiday season, so I think we'll take a slight extended hiatus. Uh, we are on to our every two-week recording schedule now, but two weeks is going to fall smack dab in the middle of Christmas and New Year's, so... So, yeah, especially with End With Clues going away for a week, I think we'll probably record next, like, maybe the first or second... Probably the first week of January, maybe. Yeah, sometime around then. And about then, we should have spoilers beginning for Oath of the Gatewatch, so I'm sure that's something we'll start to talk official about. Official spoilers. Yes, we're not talking about the unofficial ones, seriously, but the official that's ones should one, be happening. That's just one thing we just don't do on our show. Yeah. and I know for, some places do, but that's just something we don't. That's it's not, our, it's not our thing. I mean, we'll wildly speculate about cards that don't exist, but we're not going to talk about cards that might exist. And we also don't look at, we're not looking down on anyone that does. It's just something that we just choose not to. So, uh, there you go. Um, like I said, I have played with the one deck. Uh, I, I actually own all five of them because I, I managed to pick them up cheap, uh, over, uh, just before Thanksgiving. There was some stuff on sale, of course, uh, uh, around, around the time I, of Thanksgiving. I normally buy all five, but um, my magic circle has been a little smaller. I don't play as much, and so I actually don't own any yet, but I will probably pick up at least two of them. Yeah, def- definitely get that Golgari one. That thing looks good. I will b- get the Golgari one for sure. And honestly, if I get three, 
It'll probably be the Golgari, the Orzov, and the Simic. Yeah. I actually ended up liking the Simic more than I thought. It would. Hmm. But I am going to be throwing effect creatures in there, and Clues will hate me. Yeah, probably. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Blighted Agent and Azuri is disgusting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Blighted Agent and anything. And existing is disgusting. The only downside is you have to cast these two or less after turn four. Right. Or but, whatever you get Azuri out. But, you know, you can get him out and then just kind of dump your hand. Yeah, that's true. Get those counters up fast. Yeah, I could see it. I could dig it. I could totally dig it. All right, well, I think we will put this one to bed. Uh, like I said, we're just before the Christmas season here, so happy holidays to everyone. We hope you have a good time uh, over over your holidays, safe travels. Uh, hey, if you're if you're heading home for the holidays and you're going to see some friends or some family who might be interested in magic, you know it would be great. Pick up a couple of these commander decks and go play with them. Absolutely. That would be awesome. It's always a great time to get together with friends and uh, uh, play some magic, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, I might be biased. It might be a hobby that I really like. So what can I say? All right. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap things up here, Rich? Nope. All right. Great. Well, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you want to give us some feedback, maybe maybe about the Star Wars movie? I don't know, but not right away. Look, do not spoil this. Seriously. Honestly, you can. I'm, I'm not even going to say my Twitter at the end of the show because I'm not checking social media until after I've seen that movie. Yeah, as of tomorrow morning, I'm checking out of social media for like a week because I just uh, tomorrow's too dangerous, way too dangerous to to look at that stuff. But if you do want to reach us, you can do that. There are a variety of ways. You can email us. We are mtgcardadvantage at gmail dot com. You can tweet at us. We are at cardadvantage. On the Twitters, all one word. Uh, you can find us on our website, which is cardadvantagecast.com. If you want to reach me directly, you can do so. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. You can't reach me. Yeah, you cannot reach Rich at this time, but that's okay. And hey, uh, be sure to go visit your local game store over the holiday season, particularly if you're going back to your hometown and you're going to see the game store that you grew up with. That's a great time to get in touch with them. Uh, if you're in the Durham, North Carolina area in your travels, I recommend Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina. It's a great shop. You should check it out. That is all for us here on episode number 105 of Card Advantage. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. And may the force be with you. Absolutely.